With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> that was good. Welcome to Harvesting You. I'm Aubrey. I'm Teresa, and it's time to nourish that mama joy. I'm ready. Are you? I'm ready. All right. Let's, Let's dig in. And today we're talking about supportive partners. Yes. Let's be a supportive partner and share some tips and figure out how we can be more supportive of those that we love in our life. Let's get started. The Carpenter's Notebook by Mark Lemon. Two years after his father's death, Brendan is staring down the barrel of a divorce. He leaves his daughters in collapsing marriage to fulfill a promise his father made to his mother, and he discovers the answers he wasn't looking for that end up helping him with his own life. I reach for my tape more like a gunslinger going for a six-shooter rather than a timid, albeit middle-aged, apprentice afraid to do the wrong thing. Dean Johnson, co-host of Home Time, says home improvement is a thread that runs through many of our lives. Mark has woven it into a very rich and unique story. Brett Witter, publisher of Chicken Soup for the Soul, says a wonderful book about building both houses and relationships that is wise, touching, and as satisfying as a hard day's work well done. Like Chicken Soup for the Soul, it shows us that great wisdom is built from the material of everyday life. Check out The Carpenter's Notebook by Mark Clement on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at bookstores nationwide. So, mm. supportive partners. As a mama, I found it really hard when my kids were little because my husband didn't do things the same way I did them. Yes. And then, second kid around, my kids were very close together. I decided... I'm not going to argue with him about the way he does things. And I'm just going to let him do things the way he does things. Because he didn't change the diaper the same way I changed it. He didn't put her in her clothes the same way I did. And those little nitpick things as the new mom drove me nuts. But as soon as I let off, I realized, you know what? He's doing a pretty good job. Maybe I was being a little too judgmental and not enough supportive and not, not supportive enough. I think that's difficult in any partnership, like a marriage, you know, being like really good friends, roommates, you know, any kind of partnership and relationship. It's hard to, for, for some of us, and I'm one of them is to not always think, oh, it could be, it could be so much easier, better if we just did it this way. We'd be more organized, yeah. we'd be more efficient, we'd have more fun, we'd have like the optimizing everything. Um, as my husband says, I'm a complexifier. So I see something that's, you know, it's working. And then he mm -hmm. thinks that I'm always trying to make it harder for us to achieve the goal. And the thing is, is that we come into conflict with that. And I, my intention is not to make it harder. My intention is usually how can we have more fun? How can we enjoy this more? How can we like, how can it be bigger? You know, mm -hmm. and his goal has always been, how can we get this done as fast as possible? So it's already been done before we even got started. So he wants to zoom through everything. And I like to linger and, you know, have a little bit of little moments of joy along the way. He wants to have his joy at saying, look what I did. And then sit down and look ah, at that. And like when it's done. I've accomplished this. I've put my flag down and look at this. Oh, yes. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But, you know, all these opportunities that we could be, you know, sharing and connecting and having fun. Um, they don't exist for him. So it has been 
a challenge for us to find a balance between those two very different ways of approaching everything, work, parenting, the whole nine, you know? Yeah. And I think over the years, like learning each other's love language has been a real turning point for me because the way I see and do and kind of move through life, he moves very differently and understanding and recognizing, okay, we both want the same end result. However, we have two different ways of getting there. Once I've learned that I need to be more open communication wise with him and saying, this is what I want, or this is how I like to do things. It made him understand what's going on in my head. Yes. And, and vice versa. So I think that's the best move that you can make as being a supportive partner is being able to express your needs and how, how you want to be supported because then that opens the door for them to be able to say, oh, you need that. Then I, and I thought you needed what I needed. I think that that there's an assumption that, that a lot of people come into any kind of relationship with is thinking that the other person needs the same thing that you need out of that relationship. And they're usually very different kinds of needs. Yes. Or, or thinking like they should know, assuming, assuming the other person is thinking what you're thinking, assuming that, um, you're on the same, you know, line of the same book. And you may be talking about a specific topic, but you have two different ways of going about it and not understanding or, or leaving that space or giving that room for that communication of, you know what, it would really be nice if you could make coffee in the morning because I have X, Y, and Z to do. And I would just really like a pot of coffee standing, standing there waiting for me. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought you like to make the coffee the way you like to make it in the morning. Right. So yeah having that communication can only open up a more supportive partnership, you know, whether you're a roommate or um, you're married or you're in a relationship. And then that like flows down to our kids because then our children see us as parents communicating saying, I don't like it when you do this, or I would really like it if you could do that. And they may not want to do that, but at least you're communicating, you know, speaking your piece on a level of this is, this is what I feel inside. Yes. Because and saying I think it before a, it's a problem. I think that, uh-huh. that is not, not speaking up as, as life happens and bottling things and waiting until you can't like completely irritated, can't control your temper situation. And you're like, why do you always chew like that? Kind of yeah. where all of the little things that have bothered, like build up into something that's so insignificant and silly, you know, to get excited about, but that happens a lot in relationships where Oh, I'll just, you know, I, I won't say anything. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want mm-hmm. to create something that doesn't need to be created because he's fine in all these other ways or she's okay in all these other ways. And I'll just learn to live with, you know, not getting this. I'll learn to not get a hug when he or she comes home from work. I'll just learn to go without that, even though that's what I really want. And how hard is mm-hmm. it to ask for a hug or ask for you know, a kiss on the cheek or something when you say goodbye. It's not that hard to ask. It's not that hard to do. And if someone that you love needs that, needs those little things, Mm -hmm. needs, needs a text every day to say, how are you doing? I'm thinking of you to feel loved and feel connected and feel like, you know, oh, I've got, I've got, I've got my person in my corner. So I know I can handle this stressful day because my person is checking on me. I think it's not that hard to do, but not asking for what you need is that's the, that's, that's, 
that only leads to trouble. It really does. And, and, and there's vulnerability there. So mama's, oh, yeah. you know, opening that line of communication with your partners is so important to allow yourself to be vulnerable instead of bottling it in, like Teresa just said, and saying, I don't like it when you do X, Y, and Z, because if you do keep swallowing that, it's going to build. And then one day it's going to cause, it's going to be resentful or there's going to be some resistance around that topic, that conversation, that thing that irritates you or annoys you that you feel like you should be in control of, or they should be in control of. So yeah, and definitely. There's nothing about up. like being mature or grown up or being an adult where you have to not have all the happiness you want. Like just because we're grown ups doesn't mean that oh, we have to learn to live without affection or learn to live without mm. being cared for or- No settling. No settling. No. And I, I, that, that is an irritation for me when there's like, oh, well, you know, you got to put your big girl panties on and it's just the way it is. Well, sometimes that is. Sometimes there are some, there's tough things we have to deal with and you have to just get through. But in a partnership, in a relationship that both grownups are choosing to be in and choosing to be in every day and for the long haul, that's a whole nother, the overall joy needs to be there. You know, there can be little blips here and there. Everyone has a bad day, but sure. knowing that you can, that, that I know that my husband needs more attention than he puts on that he needs. Like mm -hmm. he appears to be not a super sensitive person, not an emotional person, not, you know, um, but he is, he's way more emotional than I am. He needs way more attention put given to him than he puts on. And I didn't know that at first because he doesn't say he needs it. Yeah. You know? it, it took some figuring out some puzzle piecing, yeah. growing together. Yeah. And, and I think growing together, I mean, we've both been in relationships with our husbands for years and years and years. Growth is such an important factor as a couple in being supportive of each other's new lives and dreams and goals. Like mamas, there's, there's so much more of our own personal life that hopes and dreams and goals and things that you want to do that are deep inside you talk about them with your supportive partners tell, tell them I've always wanted to do this and start to put that conversation out there in motion Teresa and I doing this harvesting you like we kind of jumped into hey let's do this thing and both of our husbands were like that's awesome you know, and, and, and I love that there's always been that um, supportive, like anything I've done, my husband's never even said no to. I mean, okay, let's go for it. Okay, you want to move studios? Let's move studios. Okay, you know, he's just kind of, even though there have been trials and triumphs throughout these different periods of transition in life, it's really awesome when you open up those lines of communication and those lines of communication with John and I weren't always there. They were hard, especially when children came into the mix, because we went from just being two to now there's this other person who wants, who needs all this attention. Mm -hmm. And I do things my way and he does things his way yeah. and it's okay. Mamas, it's okay. And even to this day, you know, I have a 12 and 13 year old and we do things differently. Some, some of our approach, some of our parenting methods, where they are not completely identical. They align. We align. We, we're a team. We have conversations about discipline and, you know, taking phones away and consequences and whatnot. But we have different ways of how we speak to our children. And, that's and sometimes okay. I, yeah, and that's okay. And sometimes I don't love it. And sometimes I do like, but again, yeah, 
supportive of each other, I think is important. And to show that, that front for your kids as well. Like, hey, we're a team and I want you to learn from us as a team. And so you can grow up and create your own team, a healthy, supportive relationship environment with your friends, with your roommates, with, you know, your classmates. Yeah, I think give, giving giving kids the, doing, doing the best we can is the, is the best we can for our kids, being that model, doing what we think, doing what we tell them to do, doing what we want our kids to do and treating our relationships in the way that we would want our kids to treat their relationships. I think a lot of times there is like, we overlook, I think mamas overlook sometimes like that importance of um, being, being what we want others to be, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of ourselves the way that we think our friends should take care of themselves, making choices for ourselves the way that we think others should be making choices and caring for our kids in a different way than we care for ourselves. I think the way that we nurture our loved ones, I think comes back to how we nurture ourselves. And that is also in speaking up too, because, you know, I often think to myself, if I told my girlfriend that my husband was doing X, Y, or Z and was bothering me, or I needed this or that, or whatever the thing is, what would someone tell me to do? Then, then I'm like, well, yeah, that's what I would tell them to do too. So why aren't I not doing it? You know, like having those mm-hmm. little role play moments in my brain has helped me through the years and like um, in making better decisions and being a better model for my, for my son, because I think that's the best that we can do. And, and being supportive so that others can be supportive of us. I think we need to allow room for that. And it's great that John has supported everything that any venture that you desired to go on, that is remarkable for a partner to trust and be all in. I think that's really good. My husband isn't always all in to all of my ideas. So he, he comes at, he usually comes at any new idea with why it won't work first. And I, sir, that's what my father did too. So I'm like, you pick, you, you pick your dad sometimes, but, <laughs> but I could, I could do anything or want to do anything as a child. And my dad would give me all the reasons why it wouldn't work out and why it was a bad idea. And So I learned to be able to argue my case and be able to really, when I believed in something to really believe in, dig in and make it happen for myself. Um, And I don't have to do that as hard with my husband, but I still have to, you know, be ready for all of the arguments that are going to come out. Why it's going to take too long, why it's going to be too expensive, why it might not work out, why this, why, you know, like, what's the weather going to be like, you know? But it doesn't stop you from leaning into those hopes and dreams. You no. you just prepare your argument, and right? that also with that the good thing about that, and and I look back on my childhood too. It's like being being in the face of oh, I'm going to get a lot of arguments, you know, that are negative and defensive and all of that at me. Do I really want this? Like it makes me. I don't take. I don't make decisions lightly because I know that I'm, I think about all of the consequences. I think about all the effort. I think about all of the different parameters, what could possibly go wrong. And then I'm better prepared for whatever it is that I'm going to go and do because I know I've gone through all of that. It's not like flitting around being able to like, let's do this fun thing. I can't, I'm, I have too much of that, like, well, if you're going to flit around, what's the weather going to be like? And what are you going to wear? Do you have the proper footwear? Do you need a hat? What time is that going to happen? <laughs> How high are you going to flit? Are you going to then jump after you flit? You know, like all of this stuff. I think that that what that whole example you just used 
it's so valuable to mamas to really lean into the depth of who you are, who you were before a mama, who you were before a wife or a partner in a partnership and what your wants and needs are because they're still there. And even though right now we may be momming it up, if there are things that you wanna do in your future, start talking about them, start writing about them, start visualizing them, start talking about them with your partner and trust the timing of the universe. I mean, maybe right now might not be the time because you might have a three and four year old or you might have a 15 year old or, or it doesn't matter whatever's going on in your life, but it doesn't mean turn off all these ideas and hopes and dreams like Teresa was talking about. She has in this, the, the creative niche of maybe opening a coffee shop or, or maybe being, you know, buying a food truck. And if you have a dream and, and a hope and a, and a love and a passion for something that drives you like, oh, one day I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Start talking about it with your partner. That one day doesn't have to be tomorrow. But if you start talking about it, you can start planning it. You can start visualizing, creating it, writing it down on a piece of paper and telling your partner about it and maybe sharing in that joy and them seeing that lust and that that want for something you want for your future self. So it's almost like putting a plan in place. And then when the universe is ready for that plan to take flight, you're ready to go. And your partner's already in on the conversation. And it's not like, oh, by the way, for the past 10 years, I've always wanted to to open up a coffee shop and there's a place around the corner for rent and I'm going to go do it. And you didn't, you never had that whole experience of- Of, I wanted this. And I yeah. think like from a partnership state, like with John and I, I've always been very vocal about all the things, you know, I was never just like, oh, I just want to be a dance studio owner. And like, boom, that's it. Like I've always wanted so many other things and I've always talked about them. And some I didn't talk about because maybe I didn't feel like I was worthy of them or value or they were value. I was value to them, um, like my book. But look, I mean, I wrote a book. It took yeah. me two and a half years. I always wanted to do an audible. I did an audible, like, and I feel good about that. And he feels good about that because I did something that I I set out to do and talked about for a very long time. And so I think getting all those ideas out of your head. And putting them on paper and talking about them with your, your partner and whether your partner is like, no matter what they do for a living or what venture there they want to take, if they decide to take a left and say, you know what, I want to quit my job and go do X, Y, and Z, you know, you sit and you weigh the, the pros and the cons. And I think we should all be living heart forward and doing the things that make our heart happy. I mean, yes, there are finances and there are kids and there are there are all the things right but if we set ourselves up and have a plan then our partners can be more supportive of us and we can be more supportive of them and that gets us to our goal and our goal is to harvest our mama joy our family joy our joy with our 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 lovers our our spouses our support system yeah that's the end game that's what we all want right yeah Yeah. And in order to harvest our joy, we need to be planting those seeds of like, you know, what are, what is it that we love? Like, what is it that we want to happen? What's the intention? What's the action? And sometimes it's okay to just take little tiny steps to get to a goal, because if you do a little step every day, you know, it adds up fast. So it's okay to like, you know, I'm going to be planning this for a year. Well, every day you spend like five or 10 minutes thinking about it, doing a little research, talking about it with a friend or a loved one or your partner. And that helps build it. That helps build it. And the more Mm -hmm. I, I find the more that I talk about things that I am desiring and love and want, then those things happen. Like it, Yeah. you find I find then connection with other people 
who are aligned with those goals, who also want that, or something that is like peripheral to it, something that is like a cousin to what I'm trying to do. And we can both help each other and motivate each other into whatever the goal is. But I think bottling it up, like, you know, bottling up what your needs are in a relationship, bottling up what your goals and desires and is the same kind of thing. And we don't want that. I don't want that for my, for my kids. I don't want Mm -mm. him to see me not be happy and see me not achieve and just put all of my energy into him. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want a mom who's like all over him and lives vicariously through him. He does not Mm -hmm. want that at all. And my husband doesn't want that at all either. I mean, I think, I think being supportive of my husband is, has been challenging because he's a very independent vocal person. And he talked about buying a dump truck for 15 years. And then one day we had a dump truck. I wasn't a part of the buying of the dump truck process. But I knew that his, like he'd been talking about, I want a dump truck, I want a dump truck. And I'd always say, where are we going to put a dump truck? Where are we going to, oh, it'll be great. We'll get a dump truck. And we have a dump truck now and he loves it. And I'm glad that he loves it. I'm glad that he got it. It's just that I, I always say, you know, like, your crazy has to like mesh with the other person's crazy. So whatever, you, everyone's a little weird. Everyone's got a little something like it's off or acts just like it, you know, I wouldn't work for everyone. My personality and the way I live and the way I am would not Same. like people, some people would just not vibe with me and that's fine. But finding a partner who, you know, you balance each other out, you can be supportive of each other it's okay to not be the same. And like his surprising things, like buying a dump truck, I expect, like I expect it, I accept it. I know that that kind of thing will happen. And Mm -hmm. so I, you know, like, here we go. Here we go on this other adventure is another Mm -hmm. adventure. But you know, he's spontaneous and you, you, you kind of expect that. I it's part of his totally love expect, Yes, that is how he he is. And I'm spontaneous in small ways and he's spontaneous in large ways. So um so I get it, but uh it, it is a it was a little difficult at first to kind of be like, okay, okay, this is how he is. Because when we first started living together, I remember I was I was talking with his mother, we were washing dishes or something in the kitchen. And she and I were both, oh, you know, we'll be so, um, you know, we need more room in here. And Mark came out of nowhere. He, he like came into the kitchen, he picked up the kitchen table and he's like, I'll get this out of here right now. And we were like, what? what, what are you doing with the kitchen table? He's like, you guys need more room. And he was ready to throw away the kitchen table because he heard us from the next room saying we needed more room in the kitchen. Uh-huh. That's not like, that wasn't what we intended by saying we needed more room. And in the same vein, the same year, I said, I said, I was, I was in our living room. I said, oh, you know, the TV would be so much better if it was over there. And then I went, uh, went to go to the bathroom. I came back. And by the time I came back, he was drilling a hole in the floor to reroute the wire so we could move the TV to that other location where I was just like, oh, by the way, it would be nice if the TV was there. <laughs> Five minutes later, the TV was there and there was a hole in the floor. So just like, I was like, okay. So now I need to know how, uh, like this, this is how he is. Uh-huh. And I need to now be careful with my offhanded comments because action will be taken and it will be taken immediately. <laughs> it's funny because I can see myself in Mark and John and you, because I'm very much like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do it now. Like, we're going to go get that thing now. Yeah. I'm going to move it. Yeah. So 
Yeah, yeah. And my and son is the same way. Like yesterday I said to him, oh, you, you should go for a run. You should, you know, you should be, cause he needs to be conditioning to get ready for, you know, the next season of, of um, track and stuff. And so I was like, you should go for a run. He's like, I don't really want to, I don't really want to. And then he walked by and he walked by me again. And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm leaving. And he left out the door. He went for a uh, run. Like, okay. So there was no, 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 no. And then it was just like, I'm gone. Okay. <sighs> okay. You're like your father. Okay. I need to like, he I procrastinated now- and then he took action. Yes. So now that he has gone through puberty, he is doing those things that his father does. And I need to now like, okay, so now I need to talk to my son in a little bit of a different way mm-hmm. because it's different. He's it's different now than when he was a little bit younger. So yeah, yeah I have to use my same like techniques to like, okay, I can't just like mention something or just it, it, it's a whole process. So finding, a, finding that rhythm is hard sometimes. Yes. You're so dead on because there are, there are many times and both Chase and Ava were John and I will look at each other and we're like, okay, she's very much like you in this way. So we know how to handle this. Yeah. Okay. He is very much like me in this way. So you as John and daddy need to understand how you handle me this way and handle him that way. Right. Like, yeah. and then there, and then there's them, you know, then they are their own. And then there's like a twist and you're like, Oh, damn it. Wh- who am I dealing with right now? <laughs> Which way am I going? Yeah. How do, how do I, I need to take a minute to, uh, before I reprimand, before I intervene. Yeah. Because like trying to understand before voices get raised, I think is really important. And that's yes. with kids, with spouses, with, you know, anything, anyone, yes. everyone like to have an understanding. And, and I do this with my son a lot. It's like, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know mm-hmm. what the other person has, you know, is dealing with. We don't know. So trying to create an understanding for partners and for children, I think is really, really important. And my, my husband is, he's, he's difficult. He, he does parent differently. And it took me a little bit of time to just let Mark be Mark, mm-hmm. you know, just to let him be him. And he's not good with time and calendars and, and planning things. And um, like he's only planned maybe a couple of dates we've ever gone on. Like he doesn't, you know, plan. That's not a thing. Or yeah, I once it we we had to have been at least ten years into our relationship, and I said I'm gonna buy tickets to this event. You make a reservation for dinner, okay? And this is like a month ahead of time. And it was like a Friday or Saturday night. So I knew that we needed a reservation for dinner. Well, the day came, we got in the car. I was like, where are we going? He's like, where do you want to go? I was like, where did you make a reservation? <laughs> oh, I didn't make a reservation. I'm like, why? He's like, oh, reservation is just for people keep busy. Like it's just busy work for people who have nothing to do. That's why they make reservations. And I was like, we're okay. not <laughs> We, we ate like a sandwich shop because we couldn't right. go anywhere. Everything was booked. And then he was like, oh, that's why people make reservations. I'm like, yeah. yes. How are you this old and not know this? You know, though, when it comes to a man's mindset, because John is similar in the way, like our anniversary, I was like, I got a babysitter. Do you want me to plan what we're doing? Or are you going to plan it? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to plan it. Meaning him. Oh, okay. Well, we're getting days and days like away and we're going away. Where, where are we going? Exactly. Well, it all played out into his favor and he ended up planning a beautiful, um, you know, two night stay somewhere, but he was last minute. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what if there wasn't a reservation available for this? Well, then we would have went somewhere else. Okay. And it's just that mindset where I'm more of like, I am a preparer. I, I want to know 
um, things like that, like mm -hmm. kind of have them already done on the calendar. So you know where you're going, where you're eating, what you're doing. So you're not right. But sometimes yeah. winging is great too. And it ends up being fun. Yeah. And it's just kind of like allowing that space of Mark and of John and just being like, okay, this is how he is. And I'm done trying to be in control of it. Yeah. Because I surrender. You wanted to take it on. Then you take it on. I'll get yeah. the babysitter. I'll get the kids covered. I'll make sure, you know, the dog. And then you take it on. Yeah. But I think we have, um, we have a guest with us today to talk about supportive relationships. We do. We do. Okay. I am very excited to talk to her, Diane Corman Newmark. And she is an old friend of mine. I'm so excited to catch up with her because I haven't really talked to her like throughout the whole pandemic. So this is going to be really nice. And she, her husband is running for mayor of her town and she owns a bar studio and has two kids. So she's got a lot on her plate. So we're going to be talking to her about how she is being a supportive partner and how she gets support from her partner as well and all the things that she does. So why don't we take a little break and we'll be back in just a minute with more Harvesting You. This podcast is sponsored by A2D, Addicted to Dance Company. Check us out on the web, a2dance.com, where growing foundation, giving back to our community, and changing lives is our mission. And we are back with Harvesting You, and we have a special guest today. I'm so excited. We're talking with Diane Corman Newmark, who I love so much, and I have known for, gosh, maybe 10 years or more. She was a producer on Extreme Maker Makeover Home Edition, where I met her, and I fell in love. And... I was able to help with some of the projects over the years, and that was really fun and exciting. And it was like, I always felt like it was camp for people who love construction because we were out there on a project with people who love building and construction and love making a difference. And we didn't, we couldn't be with our families or have any of that hassle of the everyday life of walking the dog or you know, picking up, what, you know, cleaning the litter box or making school lunches. We had to be together. And so it was like, yay, we get to all have fun and build together and make a difference. So I'm so excited that you can join us today. How are you? I'm good, Teresa. Thank you so much for having me. I love touching base with my Extreme Makeover family. I feel like we have this bond. We will always be tight friends. It's just amazing how you pick up the pieces. You know, I have I have a blue shirt still and I've kept it all of these years because I think the first time I went on when I was a volunteer with a blue shirt and I'm like, these shirts are going to be valuable and important one day. Like, you know, when I'm, you know, 20 years and 50 years, it'll be one of those like mementos mm -hmm. that I'll be like, oh, my gosh, Stop look it. at the blue shirt. So, you know, it's tucked away. It's a special thing. But we are talking about supporting our partners and you are a mom two kids grade school age a business owner you own a bar studio in Tor and no where do you own it it's in redondo beach california it's in the redondo beach village which is technically torrance california i know very confusing okay right? <laughs> all right i yeah i i live in ambler pennsylvania i and i've lived here for like 17 years and i still don't know where the towns begin and end around <laughs> here there's so many little right. towns that i don't know um and your husband is running for mayor too like that's a lot on your plate it's, it's definitely a lot. It's a good thing I really like him. Otherwise, you know, I think I'd be like, bye, go run for mayor. <laughs> but I have to tell our story in order to like get it, get it rolling. So uh, Cliff, my husband, was my brother's best friend growing up. And technically we met when I was three and he was eight. Aww. So we met at religious school <laughs> and he was always this like super nice, cute, kind kid. He stayed with uh, my family during summer vacations and my sister and I both had crushes on him. 
And when we played the game of life, do you guys remember the game of life? Where yeah. you have to get me? I still play it with my We kids. still play it at our house. We would both fight over who got to marry Cliff Newmark. <laughs> so I, I tease my sister. I'm like, I won. Right. You know, but, but truthfully, we, we never as children were ever a thing. I just always had a crush on him. And then at 24 and 29, we remet. And uh, he was invited to my sister's wedding. So she was already getting married and uh, they would not let me bring the, the I'm going to say it, the loser boyfriend that I was dating because <laughs> they wanted to fix me up with Cliff. Oh. And so we've been together ever since my sister's wedding, which is um, a long time. I won't tell you how long. It was just a couple of years ago. You know, it seems like a really long time ago. I, I will say this too, on our first date, we went to coffee and he had this little spark in his eyes when he talked about public service. And it, he was so different from the other guys I had been dating. And I just, I knew at that point that he would do something really special and that he would um, give back. And so this year he's running for mayor uh, of our town of Torrance, 140,000. Uh, he has one opponent. And it's full out. I mean, the election isn't until June of this year, but you know, every day is something, fundraisers and coffees and schedules and meetings and shirts and baseball caps. And you know, it's just, it's, it's a, a real campaign, right? Yeah, so, so like all of your extreme makeover background with all of that stuff, that's kind of like, it, it feels like that is, that experience is helping you with all this campaigning and the shirts and the activities and schedules and all that stuff too. Absolutely. Volunteerism is the most special thing that we have here. I mean, it, it's the ability to come together and be a part of something bigger than yourself and serving really humanity. Yes. Serving community is what it's all about. So for Cliff, it's, you know, we have 160 volunteers and right now they're, they're just kind of starting to organize and walk neighborhoods and like figure out the precinct captains. And in January, the knocking on doors is what it's about getting out the vote and telling people who your candidate is and why to support him. And, you know, they, the whole family is really on board. Like when he wanted to run, we had a family dinner, we sat down, we talked about the pros and cons. And um, the kids were on board immediately. I was on I was on board immediately, but I knew it would be a lot of work too, and it would be really hard on him uh, more than any of us. So for us to support him was um, was a big jump. No, he is currently a city councilman, right? For the for the town, he was a city councilman. He's okay. a former city councilman. He spent six years on city council. And then uh, he worked for the Red Cross at the time. So he got a big travel national job and he just couldn't do city council every week. And so he wanted to stay involved. And so he became a member of the El Camino Community College Board of Trustees. And so he still serves the community and is kind of like volunteer extraordinaire. I mean, kind of married a boy scout so where do you do where that. do you find time in when with all of this because I'm, I'm hearing oh, a lot a lot a lot where do you find time in your guys time like where do you guys well, find time to carve out and and be able to be that supportive wife and have him also be that supportive husband yes great question so we are overscheduled society. I mean, that is not changed. That is not going to change. And so the key is to, you know, you can embrace it or you can turn away from it. And so I choose to embrace it. I choose to schedule date nights and make sure we have them. And I mean, we're really lucky where we live. You can walk from our house into this little village. I walk to work. You can walk to the village and go to a restaurant and be back in an hour and a half if you need to. So if there is um, nothing I, I take away is um, date night. Yeah. Date night. Um, we used to try to do it every Saturday night. Now it's like every other. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's once a month, you know. But I think we have to just be really realistic about, um, you know, where it stops and ends is our relationship. And so if you put time into the relationship, the relationship grows. But if you don't put time into the relationship, of course, it's it's not going to grow. And that's when I think couples get 
um, disappointed in each other and they stop communicating is when they aren't able to spend time together. And so we try really hard to do that. We also, um, sometimes we order food in and we go outside on our porch and we literally like lock the door, lock the kids inside and just like sit and drink wine and have dinner and laugh a lot. We Laughing is so important. Um, Cliff grounds me and I help him have fun. So we're like that little yin yang. Uh, we're definitely like, I don't know how you and Mark work together, Teresa. Like that's amazing. Cliff and I cannot work together. <laughs> we have, he's an introvert. I'm an extrovert, you know, and like we have that, that conflict when, even when we work on projects together, I'm like, doo, 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 and he's like, do, do, do. So yeah. we, um, each other time too, like, he has to listen to me and then I have to listen to him. Otherwise, you know, if one person dominates the conversation, that's not a relationship. So uh, I think it's really important to be a good listener. Uh, even when, even when um, you're busy, you have to stop, put the phone away and yeah. just focus on the person. You know, it's really important. How's the mama version of you through all of this that you're going through right now with constant I don't want to say constant chaos, but just you're you're constantly moving. How how's the mama factor? Do you, are you do you feel full as as the mama? Uh, <laughs> do you want me to be truthful? Um, oh no, it's a work in progress. Absolutely, and I think that's honest. Um, you know, we have good days and we have bad days, but um, on those bad days. You know, I evoke my inner yoga teacher and mm. we take deep breaths and we, we press the reset button. Yep. And I tell my kids a lot, like, this is a bad moment. This is not, this does not define you. And let's start again. Uh, last night, my, my son like snuck his switch into his bed and who knows, you know, how long he was up um, on video games and, um, you know, so we, we took it away and we talked about it and it was super painful for him to not have it. I'm like, oh yeah, you need to have some downtime big time. So I think, you know, my kids right now at nine and 11, uh, require a lot of mommy time. Sure. So you know, the second, I mean, I, I drive carpool. Uh, the reason I was late today, I'm sorry. I was late today because like literally my daughter had to be at school early and I didn't know until this morning, like, hey, how about 10 more minutes, you know? And that's just constantly, my struggle is like how to squeeze that 10 minutes in to keep their schedule right. And then for me as a business owner, you know, this is supposed to be, you know, my little part-time job so that I can be a full-time mom and mm -hmm. spouse and what have you. And you know, so I have to, I really have to find those boundaries of like, what do I need to keep yes. my cup full? And I got a really great piece of advice recently. So I won't tell you how old I am, but let's say I'm 32. So if you're 32, uh, make a list of 32 things that make you happy. Mm -hmm. And then if you're having a bad day, just pick one. And it's amazing how if you do one thing for yourself, uh, you start to get that energy back. And if you focus on the good, the good gets better. Always. So I really yeah. try to live that, preach that, do it. Um, and sometimes take the downtime of doing absolutely nothing. nothing. Not yeah. Staring at the clouds. Yeah. And yeah. taking those breaths. I, yeah. I wrote a book I think that you would really enjoy because um, you're kind of touching on everything even like that list, I said one day I sat oh, yeah. and wrote down 399 things. I swear, things. The, the two of you remind yeah. me of each other in so many ways. Like, you know, beyond just dancing and right. There's your like, hair. Like, uh, you, you guys could be like sisters, I mean, right now, perfectly. My yeah. sister. And me, like, <laughs> I, I wake up at 5 a.m. to carve that extra time out for myself. And I am a small business owner with the same intention going into that 16 years ago of this is going to be my part-time gig. I'm a full-time mama one day, which now my kids are almost 12 and 13 and a full-time wife. So I can completely align with that. However, there were so many other things that I wanted to do like you in extreme makeover, right? So there, so I have all these different paths and serving humanity has always been my, 
my underlying. And I found that backing off of work, I, I love my studio, I love these children, but I chose not to teach anymore. I wanted to go on the other side and just run it because I needed to give myself space. I needed something to, because everybody was pulling from me mm. in 12 different directions. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm curious of how we're, we're all finding that time. I think it's important for the mamas listening to, you know, listen to all of our different ideas and stories and, and what is their takeaway from it. Yeah. Yeah. Making that time is really Even important. Even if it's 15 minutes. Yeah. And I get up early every day too because the house is quiet. Yes. I can have my own thoughts. Yes. I'm not distracted by anyone needing anything. Where's my this? Where's my that? Have you moved my whatever the thing is or whatever the need is? There's no, no one has a need when they're asleep. It's no, so wonderful. It is lovely. It is, it's just, I know a lot of moms stay up late at night when they're tired because. They're trying to get stuff done. Try, no, just trying to have like me time. Or, yeah. Have mom time because it's hard when yeah. you have a busy household and you have a job and you have a husband or a partner or someone just like, it's just a lot. Just I need. And still. then your kids, your kids are probably in sports or dance or something as well. So you're driving and running and dropping and it's, it can be a yeah. lot and, and fitting in your husband's mayoral race too, with all of those obligations. Yeah. Like, it just kind of comes on top of everything. Right. Yeah. So I, how are the kids like, you know, they were on board with, doing it how are they adjusting to like do they have to go to the events and do they have to participate in you know all of the stuff you know to show up for well we invite them to the events that are appropriate like the Torrance bakery where there's going to be cookies you know mm. like they're like yeah I'll go <laughs> or um we did a like a Hanukkah party event at our rabbi's house and, you know, she was, she was, um, my daughter, my daughter was like, well, is Nomi going to be there? Cause if other kids are not going to be there, I don't want to go, you know, she's so into being with her friends right now. So just trying to find things that um, are fun for them too. And, and the beauty of it is that's like a really important part of the campaign is, you know, this is a guy who family is important. So we're not going to just, you know, pose the kids for a photo op and then make them sit in the hot sun for an hour. Yeah. So I just think being realistic and being real and genuine yeah. and like not making them go to the chicken dinner, you know, like absolutely not. Um, and the, there has been uh, a, like a slow build of activity. So, you know, it's um, luckily my mother lives seven minutes away. So she that's can come nice. That's a and blessing. My, my mother-in-law is three blocks away. Um, yeah. So like we're really tight-knit family here. And so we're super family friendly. It's easy to do it when it's real. When you help. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Help is key. My kids are almost old enough to babysit themselves. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not quite. Not, not quite there yet. So we like having grandma around and... Um, and she likes being around. It's a win-win. It sounds sure. it sounds like everybody has a piece of joy through this journey of your husband's campaign. And of you know, and that's we're only promised today. We say that a lot in our podcasts. And we we only have so finding that joy is important. But filling your bucket up too is super important, mom, because yeah, emotional exhaustion. Our our you know, we have a podcast on anxiety hangover mm -hmm. and it's a real thing yeah it is a real thing yeah and I don't like feeling that way at all you know having you and know feeling the the leftover anxiety from having you know something stressful happen in life and even if it's good stressful yeah it's like true. it's like after you plan that wedding and you have that wedding mm -hmm. and then you're like oh and you can't sleep right? that you're like, you can't relax. Yeah. You, you gotta like, what else do I need to plan? What Learning else do I need to balance? To, like you're, you know, not being able to finish, not being able to be done. Like thinking about the next right. thing. Yeah. yeah. Settling down. And on, on that note, I mean, this is, this is really important. Like when you exercise, yes. it helps anxiety, your Mentally. mental health, emotional health, your physical health, it's all connected. 
So, you know, my first job in television was like, it was all it and ego. And then we did Extreme Makeover, which was about making a difference. It was a great way for me to leave on a high note and then discover exercise. I never had time for exercise when I worked on Makeover. I was up all the time, very physical, much younger. And, and now, so working out in the morning is proven to help you get in the right mindset for the rest of the day. So, you know, it's not like I'm selling Diet Coke. You know, I really, like, I love it. I believe in it. It changed my life. I lost probably about 40 pounds when I, wow. um, I had my son and then my daughter. And I mean, I was a different person. I wasn't physically well. And so my wellness has come since I started to slow down a little bit and really like take care of myself. And it's true, moms, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not taking care of anybody else. That's right. Because if you take care of yourself, you're a role model, you know, to your kids and, yeah. um, and it's a really empowering thing. Uh, you know, when you're in the airplane, you know, you put the oxygen mask on yourself first, right? Yeah. So it's, we have to remind ourselves and give ourselves permission sometimes to do it. But, you know, whatever you do for exercise, my little plug is whether you walk or you do yoga or you do bar fitness or jump on a trampoline or like whatever you do that makes you happy. That's great. Whether you're alone at home on a Peloton or in a group class where you feed off of each other's energy, like that is just key right there to sanity, I think. Now you were talking about you were pregnant, you had extra weight, you weren't exercising. And now, you know, fast forward to now, you own Bartwork Studio in Redondo Beach, California. So how did you go from, what, did, what was your starting point? What did you start with when you started the journey of exercise and how did that change your life? Sure. So I, I was a dancer when I was a child and I probably, probably danced five days a week. I was on the performing group. I toured, I competed, I was a cheerleader. I mean, it just was part of who I was. I felt most alive when I was dancing. And then as I got older, I started to teach the classes and I choreographed for a circus and did all these like kind of crazy little things. And then when I went into television, I just put it aside. And I would take classes occasionally, but never on you know, a daily basis. And in fact, I had a roommate in college. She literally woke up and was on the bike every single day. And in my head, I, I thought she was crazy, but clearly not. <laughs> and so after Extreme Makeover, uh, I took two, essentially two years of not really even thinking about work, of just being a mom with my daughter. And then... I started thinking like, well, maybe I'll get back into work. And when I started making phone calls, everyone wanted me to get on an airplane. I found that extremely mm. frustrating. Um, I was going on walks with my daughter in the stroller, but I wasn't losing any weight. And then I literally saw this green bikini bottom billboard on PCH <laughs> on Pacific Coast Highway. And it was like pop physique. And I'm like, ooh that looks fun, you know? And I literally strolled Pearl into the studio and I'm like, what's bar? And took my first class, fell in love with it, started taking it three times, four times, five times a week. And then they recruited me to teach. And, you know, all this was sort of happening at once where I wasn't willing to work the way I worked before because I really wanted to be there for my kids. Mm -hmm. and, and it just, it became a, a great habit for me uh, and they recruited me to teach, but it was more than that. The About a year into teaching, I walked into the studio. It's a block from my house. And I just had this feeling that I was going to own it. I just sort of knew I was going to own it. Mm. And so ironically, the owner was a TV writer and she wasn't having success. And then suddenly she had a ton of success. And so she wasn't there at all. So I was kind of managing and the big sister to all of the instructors who were a little younger than me. And... And then I convinced her to sell it to me. So it took. Oh, congratulations. About a year. That was meant to be. Talk about yeah, filling it was meant up to... your bucket. Like yeah. as a mom, you were pulled to your passion. And back you knew. To your, yeah. And knowing, like you that's knew great. in your heart that that was going to be your fate when you walked in there. That's been, mm -hmm. that's so good. Listening to that. A lot of people don't listen to that in our voice. Yep. 
and like allow like you know turning the stroller around going right in there and saying hey i'm going to like what is this i would like to do this now do you have a green bikini now I have green booty shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Love them booty shorts. So you could be your own billboard now. A couple colors, couple different colors. I am a hoarder of leggings and sports bras. It's an occupational hazard. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Comes with the job. Yeah. So you teach bar. So at Bar Work Studio, you teach bar. You teach trampolining. You teach. What else do you teach? I do boot camp and cardio dance when needed, but really like bar and trampoline are my jam. Trampoline sounds so much fun. I've yeah. always wanted to try that. Yeah, it does. Trampoline is game changer. Trampoline is the honestly the most fun cardio I've ever done. I've never really been disciplined enough to be a runner. Um, so it's like dancing on a trampoline. It's also so good for your lymphatic system that the NASA astronauts go on this trampoline when they get back from space and tony robbins jumps on a trampoline before he speaks to big concert ah, hall you know, yeah people. and it really it really like i can walk in there and be like i don't feel like working now and then step on that trampoline listen to the music start bouncing and all of a sudden my energy is in the right place That's so if awesome. you haven't tried it we need I to invite try it. both yeah. i invite you both to try it with me someday so we need a trampoline though in order to try it. Yeah, we need like a big one, right? They're big trampolines. They're not you like this could, little. Could you could use a big trampoline, but the little rebounders, yeah, are are really the way to go. And actually, some of our our clients, instead of doing it trampoline style, they do it like a cardio dance style where they oh. are just dancing on the floor. Um, actually, my mom does it that way. I That's keep telling fun. her you buy a trampoline. She's like, no, no, I'll just dance it out. I have one of those little rebounders. You one. Do. It's one of Ava's therapeutic uh, treatments for her amps that she's she's got to move. Yeah. So that we, that's uh-huh. really cool. Now we we can try it. We can go on. Um, you you have classes online. Yes. So we have thirty classes a week, which you can take live or virtual live stream, which means you can take it from anywhere across the country. And you can take it on the replay. So if you can't show up live, you have uh, twenty four hours to take the class. And I guarantee you, they'll put a smile on your face while you're getting tortured working out. <laughs> Can you tell us your website and how people would sign up for a class? You bet. It's um, my studio is Barworks Studio. So the website is barworksstudio.com. And you jump on that website, you'll see Redondo. And you just click on it. And that's the schedule. And we'd love to have you guys. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Thank you, Diane. Well, good luck to you and your family and your husband. Yeah, good luck to your husband. This is such an exciting journey, and it's something I think your your kids will, as they grow, like, what an experience. Yeah, it is truly a good experience. I mean, and witnessing their parents, like, helping other people in so many different ways, volunteering Mm -hmm. with, you know, health and exercise, with giving back, with making the world a better place, your community a better place. I mean... Uh, that's what we that's, that's, that's we need more of that yes. more of that teachings yeah. to our children that's the goal that's and, the goal more of this more of this women empowering and supporting each other i mean this is so much fun to talk to you guys because you're truly amazing women and i just adore thank you, you. And thank real and raw that is very sweet yeah i like real and raw <laughs> big conversation not small convert not small no. talk yeah, small talk. I want to know who you are from the inside. Yeah, you know, meaningful stuff. You can talk. I can yeah. look up the weather in Redondo Beach anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for thank you joining us today. Is there anything else that you want to share with us before we say goodbye? Any special little tips or, you know, words of wisdom for our mamas? take a breath before you get mad. We all do. Don't feel guilty. Just apologize. If you get mad, back up, start again. You know, we have to give our kids something to talk about in therapy, right? So so (laughs) true. I have to say before we go, funny story. My son has been perfect in school all year. He's had behavioral problems, severe ones over the years. 
and I have his a parent teacher conference coming up tomorrow. And just the other day, he came home from school and said, I said a word I probably shouldn't have at school. And he got called to the vice principal's office. And there was a phone call home. And he's like, I didn't know exactly what the word meant. So I'm sorry. And I apologized and everything. And I'm like, I'm glad. Because, you know, the parent-teacher conference was going to be really boring without that. <laughs> now we have something to talk about. You know, there's a reason for me to be there. Because I keep getting these emails from his teachers. He's doing great. He's fantastic. And I'm like, well, you know what? We all make mistakes. Right. And he apologized and moved on. So... Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. It's a good thing to know how to do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. So follow Diane and go and check out her studio online, farworkstudio.com. And we're going to check out a class. Totally. Yeah, we will. That'll be fun. And we'll be back with more Harvesting You. Well, I think that's the end of this episode. Thank you for sharing this time with us. We would love to hear from you and support your harvesting mission in your personal life. Share your thoughts, questions, ideas with us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Harvesting You or visit our website, HarvestingYou.com. Until next time, let's put inspiration into intentional action and keep harvesting you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.